big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello, and welcome to this podcast on an answer to motherhood guilt. I'm Lael Stone and I'm with beautiful Marion Rose. And uh, and if you'd like to know more about who we are, you can go and check out our first podcast, which is really just a little intro into who we are and how we've came to be here. So you, so you know about our backgrounds. But today what we're going to talk about is really that beautiful journey into motherhood or sometimes the rocky journey into motherhood. And particularly probably one of the biggest things that we see in working with mothers all the time which is really about guilt and I have to say that Marion is just such a beautiful expert on this and and when we were talking about this podcast I was like I'm just going to refer to you because I just refer all my people to you when it is about guilt because I think you have such a beautiful way of looking at what guilt is and how to transform that and you know I've learned a lot from you with this around um, how to sit with that, those feelings that come up and then how to transform them. So I'm just going to ask you a lot of questions in this podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you, Larry. You're wonderful. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I would start off by asking you, you know, I mean, let's talk about perhaps where we see guilt turn up for mothers, you know, or, or even before that, you know, we've discussed a lot around the whole cultural societal imprint around what mothering should look like yes. or what what we're told it should be yes as opposed to what it does feel like for a lot of women yes yes and you know i'm a little bit passionate about the really the cultural perspective that really guilt isn't an inherent aspect of being human it is entirely cultural so i really like to bear that in mind and and to talk to mothers about that to see that actually it's not I think so many mothers think that that's just a, it's just a part of motherhood and you're going to feel guilty, I don't know, 50 to 90% of the time, whatever it is. And what I love showing is that it really is a cultural, it's a cultural thing that we absolutely can free ourselves from this cultural mm. constraint. And it really is a journey that we can all take as mothers and that it does um, it not only helps us have a more enjoyable life, but it actually really helps our children to, to gradually loosen ourselves from the guilt. Mm. And I would say too, you know, in, in thinking about where that comes from, you know, I feel like we're often just set up to fail as mothers all the time in the sense of that, it, particularly now in the world of social media, like, yes. you know, years ago when we had our first children, we didn't have Instagram and those kind of things. So I wasn't comparing myself online every moment to how other women's houses looked or how good they looked in their jeans or, you know, what their babies were dressed in. You know, it was kind of this world of you were just doing it in your own house. And But there was still an underlying expectation that I, often, that I felt when I first became a mum around that I should really have it all together. So firstly, that I should love being a mother. And that was one of the biggest things for me to really reconcile in that first year of parenting my son. And and as I look back, you know, I had a lot of birth trauma on board. Yes. I was a young mum. I had no friends that had kids. And um, I was really, I felt deeply alone within that journey. And that kind of massive initiation into being the servant, you know, was so, you know, really, really rocked me. And again, we come from different places because you know, obviously you, Marion, did a lot of work and research 
privilege to become a mum. Whereas my husband and I, one day went, should we have a baby? Oh yeah, great, let's do it. And literally that's what we did. So zero preparation, which is pretty much how we live our lives. Most of them are like, should we do that? Oh yeah, good. And then we'll figure it out along the way. She do so beautifully. Well, yes, we just jump in feet first and then go, oh, oh geez, that's, yeah, okay, let's figure it out. Uh, that works for us. Um, but that that for me that first year of mothering particularly with my son you know was such a, a pull between loving him so deeply and wanting to take care of him and in the same breath um hating it hating being a mum because i had no understanding about self-care i had no understanding about meeting my own needs so i could meet my sons mm. and i was also running my own business at the time so i was trying to juggle both those things be a new mum and it was it was really hard it was really one of the trickiest times and i look back to like 25 year old Layla and think oh darling yes. what you needed back then was really what i say to mothers now yes. about what that could be but I had to kind of forge it on my own. And I, I do often share a story in many of my workshops is one day I actually rang my mum. I think my son was about three months old and and the guilt felt so big. I couldn't even actually say the words out loud. I had to whisper it and I rang her and I just said to her on the phone, I don't like this. Mm. Um, and I couldn't even say it out loud. Yes. And she said to me quite funnily, she said, oh, Lael, the amount of times I rang your grandmother and said, if you still want grandkids, you better bloody come and pick them up. <laughs> she went it's okay not to love it you know and it was the first time there was permission to go this is actually quite challenging and hard and it's okay if you don't love it and and I needed to hear that I think from my mum but also to just kind of relax a little bit to go this is an intense experience here and um it is okay to not be all rosy and glowing and thinking that mothering is the best thing ever because that first time mothering is so intense you know it is such an initiation and that feeling that we should be getting it right but we've actually have no idea what we're doing and we're not meant to know because it's really a process of beautiful gentle evolving and learning as we go but you know it it can feel so isolating and then of course we feel like we're not doing a good job and then the guilt just kicks in and we're like well I'm not good enough I'm it's not okay for my child and all those kind of things so for me that was such my entry into motherhood riddled with I'm not doing this well and um and you know I'm a bit of a failure around it Mm. Mm, so much love to oh, that young thank you. I and know. you now. Oh, thank you. I totally have, have dealt with all <laughs> of know, that I beautiful in my know, heart, know you know. That. And I look at my beautiful son, and often I joke sometimes to my new parents I work with and say, babies are pretty resilient, and your firstborn's usually pretty tough because they're breaking you in. <laughs> so they're very forgiving on many levels, you know, and it's yes. never too late to bring that healing and consciousness yes, exactly. if you didn't have it yeah. at all. Yeah. Mm. And I love, as always, because we had... Yeah almost different experiences in every single part and as you say I'd done 10 years of therapy plus and you know I was very immersed in parenting and I think mine more came in I did actually really um I really actually really enjoyed the first Mm. year or so and it was actually really beautiful and gorgeous Mm. and lovely and I think for me the the guilt came more because I was so deeply passionate about aware parenting Mm. and um also non-violent communication and for me, I had this thing. So I brought, I brought that these new, um, new to me paradigms in, but then I then I brought in all these old ways of being in response to that. So I really, um, you know, I really wanted to. I believe there was such a thing as perfect in those days, yes. and, and I really 
you know, I felt guilty if I remember the first time that I felt even a tiny bit of kind of um, frustration towards my daughter mm. and I, when she was a baby and I said, like, oh my God, you know, how could I possibly no. feel this? So, you know, for me, the guilt came more, um, you know, in that, that's this, having this ideal and really wanting to live the ideal mm. and really not realising that ideals are there to to be our guides and to, <laughs> to inspire us. They're not, they're not generally things that we can completely 100% live all the time. Yes. And what I realised along the way is actually when I had done something and you know over the years as years mm. went by there were more and more times where I, you know, I didn't respond in the way I wanted to or I later on found out things that I hadn't done because as we grow we get more and more mm. awareness about things and I realized that whenever I was feeling guilty in other words you know because guilt comes from ways of thinking yes so guilt is it's a cultural thing it comes from particular ways of thinking usually things like should and we use them either to coerce ourselves into doing something so they're like a there are before and I call it like the before the action so we try and coerce ourselves to act in certain ways or they're an after the action so it's usually it's basically a way of punishing or judging ourselves after we have either done something or not done something and what I really found is in terms of that afterwards bit you know if I felt slightly frustrated or I learned I hadn't done something or my daughter had ways of repressing her feelings and I would be like oh you know I shouldn't have done that and I'm terrible mother because my daughter's you know she's got some feelings she hasn't expressed and um and I would feel I would judge myself I would feel guilty which these uncomfortable sensations in our bodies and what I realized over time is every time I felt guilty I was actually less present and less available because I was consumed with what I call these emotional bruise, bruises. Mm. So I call guilt an emotional stick. It's yes. a it's a stick that we hit ourselves with. Oh, it's something I we've mean, internalized from our culture yes. and we have emotional bruises for it. And when we when we feel the emotional bruises, they they're painful and they take our attention because we're we're feeling the bruises and it actually takes our awareness and our compassion away from our children and absolutely away from ourselves so over time I realized actually this doesn't really work guilt is designed to help me be more compassionate and more loving and be a more enjoyable mother and it actually was doing the opposite and that was a bit of an aha moment for me to really get that experience um yeah and I, I love that visual because that visual's always oh, stuck yes, with me it. of the stick yes. and just smacking yourself constantly with the, I did it wrong, I'm not enough, it should look different, yes. all those kind of things. And yes. I remember hearing that piece from you that really resonated with me. Is like that is exactly what we do every time yes. we speak so harshly to ourselves, yes. every time we, we, we think we're not enough or we feel like we didn't do things well. We are, are literally just <laughs> whacking ourselves, which we would never allow exactly. to anybody exactly. else in our life exactly. and that's why I love the metaphor because I I think so many people and of course you know I invite anyone to work with it the way they feel called to but I think often people think well I'll just keep feeling guilty and then maybe I'll you know maybe I'll find compassion after the guilt but to me if we were see, if we saw two children in a park and one was hitting the other one with a stick we wouldn't just keep yeah we'll just you know let's keep the stick going you can keep hitting them with the stick and I'll just keep giving the other child some love mm. we wouldn't do that we mm. would go and hopefully ideally set a loving limit which mm. we'll talk about later but we would stop the hitting wouldn't yeah. we we wouldn't but I think in our culture we just believe that we have to keep we have to keep hitting ourselves with sticks yes and I think part of that is because 
we internalize these ways of you know we were punished or we were we were shudded mm. and we internalize these and i think along with that we internalize you know i love alice miller's work for you know the, the all for your own good stuff mm. and i think we also internalize the belief that it's actually for our own good mm. and that if we so my invitation actually is if you do feel guilty mm. and you would like to perhaps feel less guilty or gradually get free from that do you have any fears about what would happen if you didn't feel guilty yes because what i find is most mothers actually have this fear that if they stopped hitting themselves with those emotional sticks they would lie on the couch all day Eating, eating, as I say, eating Netflix, <laughs> eating whatever your, whatever your thing of choice is, raw yeah. chocolate, ice cream, whatever, yeah. watching Netflix. We, we've internalized the belief that it's actually helpful and good for us. And it's actually, it's, it's not. not true. It's because not true. you're exactly right in that it fuels the, I have to do better. And whether that belief is keeping a clean house or making sure my child is disciplined and using inverted commas here um around something or those kind of things that really fuels this it has to look a certain way often and if we don't then we're failing within that and then we're not doing good you know i mean there's so many layers to guilt and those beliefs around it yeah yeah which is really true and i think it's again when we talk about the imprint of mothering we watch pretty much most of our own mothers do that you yes. know guilt, guilt is, is it's served so many generations or, to make or stuff not happen. served well, no, I didn't mean, yes you know what I mean it hasn't served but it's been there as part of that's what we do yes. because that's what we do as humans yes. yes and and I often think with all parenting stuff you know when I look at my children and I think how do I want their relationship to be to guilt how do I want their relationship to be to their bodies how do I want their relationship to be to their their feelings so they are only going to be what they see you know and so I have to really look at well how am I talking to myself how yes. how compassionate yes. am I am with myself how much can I forgive myself for what may have you know happened that I that I, I have feelings around so that again I am modeling that to my children to allow them to see what that could look like I mean that is always a big motivator for me not only for myself but to yes. when I look at one of my children watching yes. in me I go oh let's let's sort that bit out because I don't want them to continue that yep. story or pattern it's a yes. great motivator to it's do the work one of isn't the best it? motivators isn't it <laughs> like, okay we might put up with guilt for yeah. the rest of our lives but do we want yeah. our children to to go through and particularly if you have a daughter and you because mm. often it particularly seems to get passed down along the mm. female line yeah. mm. yes it does I don't see that you know I often would question my husband about that around yeah. things with guilt and he'd look at me and like what do you mean like it doesn't feel like a story that he carries yes. other stories he yes. carries more around shame exactly. and those for, kind of things yeah. But definitely not around guilt. It's just like, oh, it just is what it is, yes. you know. And so, yeah, it is, I think it is a very strong female lineage line, definitely. Yes. Mm. So should we talk a little bit more about getting free from guilt? Yes. And actually that, that is a, you know, I like to say it's like a deeply political mm. act. This isn't something, again, it's not, and I th- again, I think women or mums can think, well, this is just about me and it's a personal thing, but it's deeply collective Mm. so whatever we do on our own journey of of freeing ourselves up and becoming more compassionate with ourselves actually not only of service to ourselves and our children but also to our you know our friends uh, the wider culture Mm. because these things are yeah it's it's so much bigger isn't it than the personal story totally and and the more permission we give ourselves to 
be compassionate around that, of course, then it, we we model we show that to our friends that they go, oh, I could, yes, mm. that's an interesting concept yeah. to breathe into. She doesn't into. feel guilty. Yes, oh, why? She, she's yeah. having a day at the yeah. spa and she's yes. not feeling guilty. Yes, wow. yes. Do you think I could do that? Yes. Might be, yeah. And it's funny how that turns up, you know, look, I think the imprint in my family, I come from an amazing lineage of women who are all Do. doers in the world yes, like they're, they're pretty powerful women and but what I learned from them is you do you keep going so if you're not doing three things at once you're lazy that was kind of the imprint I got yes. so for me as a mum to actually take time for self-care or sit on the couch or do that I couldn't because I felt like I was being lazy and guilty and I'd then have guilt around actually doing that because I, I didn't deserve that that was really the strong imprint of you just keep going and you keep serving others but not yourself and um, it really wasn't until I um I got you know to having three kids and having post-traumatic stress after after a big journey that it actually forced me to stop and take a lot of self-care and I needed like a big you know pattern interrupt it was like a train that just came racing in and went you can no longer do it this way but it took about eight years of mothering and three kids to finally get it that I was worthy of having deep rest and self-care and compassion but I had to unpack what the belief system first was around that 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 kept fueling me which is always you know the story behind what we believe to be true and it was only then that I actually started to see that I could actually take really good care of myself and it was only if I did take care of myself then I was able to turn up for my children in the way that I wanted to you know because everything else was just like this manic struggle or race that was happening around it and then if I didn't achieve the level of presence that I needed to with my child then I felt guilty because they should be having more and and of course you know I mean I really get to coming from my place of coming to aware parenting a bit later and having had years of being a mother of course then I read all of Alita Salter's books and I was like oh my god how much shutting down have I done and even though I knew I was still a pretty you know beautiful mom and there's a lot of attachment and gorgeousness there there was still a lot of gorgeousness there Uh, having that other uh, level of information I had to work through what that guilt felt like of what I hadn't given my other children yes But then, you know, for me, how I really came to a place of that was really trusting that we had the journey we were meant to have, which was, of course, perfect because that's brought me to where I am today. And trusting that, again, that for me, that guilt fueled a piece around there's what we what I felt like I didn't provide or the grief of what I didn't give them actually really showed me that it was never too late to provide that there was never too late for healing and then it brought a whole other beautiful piece within that and and I find that a lot with with families I work with who do come to aware parenting you know when their kids are a bit older and and really understand or love these concepts and then think oh god but what did I do in the past and and this is where that beautiful piece comes in of that we were always doing the best job we know how yes. with the tools that we have yep. at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how we can actually have a lot of gentleness and forgiveness around that, you know, and then also open up that piece of there is always healing and our children are always wanting to do that. They're just yes. waiting for us on some level. Yes, yes. I mean, that took a bit of a tangent, but, you know, for me, I, I see that's where that yeah, guilt so went. So where, I mean, do you, where do you see in your work, you know, guilt turns mm-hmm. up for women? You know, where do you see that mostly? I think 
you know, because often the people that are drawn, you know, we have different, because we have different clients. And again, I think this, they're often people that are, have a bit of a similar journey to me and are, are tending to have this thing, this is aware parenting or this is conscious parenting, but usually aware parenting and, and, and judging themselves that they are not doing enough or, you know, if they have a reaction or they feel frustrated mm. or they shout or they do something that they then start saying I'm not doing aware parenting and I mm. say well, that's not <laughs> it's, it's not like that it's really and the way I see it is we it's it's a form of punishment it's a mm. form of self-punishment it's a form it's really what we internalized and because aware parenting is all about helping helping children stay connected to their true loving nature mm. without needing to turn to punishments or rewards or shame or blame all of those things and the invitation at the same time is to to help us see where we do all those things to ourselves because we grew up in a culture of punishments and rewards and shame and blame mm. and guilt and all of that stuff and to actually in, start to replace the guilt with which is the afterwards thing with compassion mm. so i love when you talk about it, i really hear is replacing with compassion and trust mm. so rather than i shouldn't have done that or i'm a terrible mother or they will be in all the all the harsh thinking that we can have about how they will be as human beings because yes. we've done this or we yes. haven't done that is and you've mentioned grief as well so to me that's the what we can replace punishment with the emotional sticks or guilt is listening lovingly to ourselves and often there's two parts there's often the part which is um the values or how we would have liked it to be so it's really listening lovingly to that yes sweetheart i really in, you know for me it's the inner dialogue my inner loving mother would say something like sweetheart so he really value deeply you know being compassionate with them and you know whatever the whatever the value is that we weren't meeting so mm. it's really connecting to what what is that value that i didn't meet there and really honoring that and actually grieving or mourning acknowledging yes. that yes you're so sad so this is instead of punishing so i'm bad i shouldn't have done that is grieving and mourning where we didn't um where we didn't act in alignment with our values or what we would have liked to have done now we have the more information or we've become more we have more capacity or whatever the thing is so to me that's one of the steps and the other step is then also listening in compassionately to, so why didn't I? So why didn't I? And it may be, well, I didn't have the information then, mm. or I didn't have the capacity then, or I, was, I had so many unmet needs, whether that was for sleep or for support or for empathy or for self, you know, care, for community, for all of the things, all the unmet needs that happen so often for mothers, because mm. we live in a culture that doesn't revere motherhood no. so often and i imagine if you're a mother you may resonate with this often as mothers particularly of young children we go with chronically unmet needs and when we have unmet needs our nervous system our body signals that one of the ways is we feel agitated we feel antsy we don't feel connected with our true loving nature so we often act in ways that we don't yeah. want to with our children so it's being deeply compassionate to whatever the cause is and one of the other causes of um, so there's usually three causes, and again, this relates to Aletha Salter's lovely model, the three reasons, which we're going to talk about, the three reasons why children often act in unenjoyable ways, and I often talk about what they're thinking, what they're needing, what they're feeling, it's the same for us. If we've acted in ways we don't enjoy, or we haven't acted in ways we would love to, it's usually because 
either we information we lacked the information or we didn't know what we know now or we have number two we have our met needs that are leading to us to respond in ways you don't want to or the third is we have accumulated painful feelings so mm-hmm. we have our own all our own childhood feelings will generally come up at one time or another when they oh. in our parenting journey just, just the little three-year-old you know our child might say no and we immediately go into being a four-year-old and hearing remembering what it was like to to have a harsh no from our parents and we may feel outrage and we may not realize at the time or even if we do we may feel the outrage and it may come out to our child when actually mm-hmm. it's the four-year-old us so these are the three reasons and the more we the paradox is with guilt it's it's a punishment so like with punishment of children it actually isn't effective because it doesn't really look at the source mm. of our behavior yes. so when we understand ah oh, and we get we get to explore okay it was because i didn't know this information then oh gosh you know i'm i'm so exhausted because i actually haven't had um you know time to talk with my friends for 3 weeks or wow this is like this is reminding me of when I was 15 or 3 or Mm. 2 and I've got these big feelings showing Mm. up, then we can actually do something. We can rectify that. Yes. We can be compassionate with ourselves, which which actually leads to true change. We're actually more, Mm. much more likely then to increasingly be able to behave in ways that we want to to our children. Oh, I love all (laughs) of that. No, I love all of that. And you, you really do put it in such a beautiful way. There's this beautiful saying that I sometimes, um, I use a lot when I am, you know, I don't have a lot of guilt and stuff anymore, but when things pop up around those harsh thoughts or, you know, those things is, um, I often would say to myself, what would love look like right now? You know, or what would compassion look like right now? What would gentleness look like right now for myself when I'm feeling that? And, you know, a a beautiful kind of thing that I've learned over the years is that whenever I'm saying something negative to myself in my head or whenever I'm having a should or whenever I'm, you know, feeling this guilt around something, I, I come back to that is not true. Because actually my true nature is compassion and yes. love and connection. That's actually who we all are. Yes. But when we kind of get out of our center, that's when we move into it. And so I, I, over the years for myself personally, I've really come to a place where whenever I start to hear those negative thoughts and stories, I just go, oh, g'day, you're there. <laughs> I know this is actually not true, but yes. you're, just, you're pointing me to something else. Yes. And what would compassion look like right now? For myself, you know, and this is all beautiful little dialogue in your head while you're driving in the car, (laughs) thinking (laughs) weird thoughts, you know, it can happen in those moments, but it's actually catching those times where it's actually remembering that all of who we are and our intention is this beautiful centeredness of love and compassion and openness. Like that's actually all of us. It is who we are. But we we forget that, and we are conditioned to believe otherwise. Yes. And you know, it's and you. I'm sure you would say exactly the same thing. Every session I've ever done with any parent, you know, when we're looking at something with their child, and then when we really move into what this is about for them as the parent, and we go back to what that need was when they were a child that never got heard or seen you know it always comes back to the same place of that we just didn't receive what we needed at that time we weren't seen in the way we weren't held in the way we needed we weren't listened to we went all of those things about that little inner child part of us just wasn't 
connected in the way that we really needed at that time yes everybody's it always comes back to that we just take different pathways to get there but it's always that same kind of story and and if we can keep for me as adults and mothers and parents you know being so tender and kind to ourselves in those moments we are just we are healing that whole part of our story and journey which of course allows us then to turn up with our children with the most compassion and empathy possible the more we give it to ourselves the more capability we have to sit in that with our kids you know and that's again that's where uh, and you know this is part of the whole other bigger picture too when when we react harshly to our children or when we yell in those ways or where we're feeling judgmental to our children of course the first place is to start with ourselves of how judgmental are we to ourselves what do we need first for us so then we can give to our children so you know for me guilt just sits as this beautiful kind of <laughs> benchmark of where am i not bringing that compassion and kindness to yes. me yes I love that. I resonate with so much. And uh, what I love as well is it's what you're saying about a child and our a true nature is love. The mm. self is love. So anything that isn't love, I have such a similar mm. thing, is, is clearly something we've internalized from mm. our culture. That mm. it's, it's such a simple thing to come back to. Mm. And then we can hold that for our children too. Yes. That their true nature is love. They don't enjoy doing things that, no. d- that aren't loving. There's mm. something going on for them. Mm. So beautiful, isn't it? Mm. I love that. Mm. Mm. And I just think too, what, what gives me a bit of... space to breathe is is remembering that you know again we are living in a world in a culture that that looks at this in a completely different way so we are the product of the environment we live in and 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 again you know i think i do love to share that with mothers a lot of that this is not you and it's not fault and it's not even just the way you're brought up it's our wider culture and community that that really reinforces these belief systems and this way of being all the time. Yeah. So it's it's very tricky to not be in that, you know, and it's part of being human as well. And, and like anything, you know, one of the few things we do have control over is the choice of how we, we feel and how we perceive what is actually happening within yeah. that and being aware of that to then bring a different lens to it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I often like to say, you know, I think we think we can coerce ourselves to be loving we can we can guilt ourselves into be loving but doesn't it make perfect sense that we actually cannot really guilt ourselves into be loving just like we cannot guilt our children into being Mm. loving what helps us return to our true compassionate nature is increasingly learning to to free ourselves from the old internalized thoughts and replace them with loving compassionate thoughts instead yes completely completely so yeah, so you know, I I, I mean, look, I, I would just say, you know, if you want to know more about guilt, you have to go and do Marion's course, because you just bring it together in such a magnificent, beautiful way that I have found really creates those shifts for people, you know, and and it's it's really beautiful work. I really celebrate what you do within that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to just say one more thing because I was aware, really hearing your story. I actually wonder if you'd say a few little things that I think you are such a, I just said beforehand, you're such a queen of self-care, some little practical, because I remember in workshops, and I'd also love to share a little bit of my journey as well, because I used to be more filled with guilt and shame and self-judgment. I was hitting my selfie sticks like 95% of the time, I think, as a younger person. 
and nowadays I I don't ever feel guilty I don't mm. ever feel guilty and shame does pop up occasionally but very rarely and and I'm still on the journey I absolutely want to 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 um, love myself even more but my inner dialogue is deeply compassionate so mm. the responses are compassionate if I even had a thought like the, the thoughts that would have been my constant companions mm. you know you are so x y and z I can't even think of them now if one showed up now it would be like oh gosh that's straight you know it'd be like someone saying you live on Mars or something mm. it'd be so odd and um, unfamiliar and I love sharing my story because I really um, and I think if I can do it it really it really shows it is possible to gradually it doesn't and it's not an overnight thing but we absolutely can gradually replace the harshness with compassion and it's absolutely possible to do that mm-hmm. so yeah and for me i mean i think my way through that particularly because my story and imprint was you have to just keep going and doing <laughs> um was and, and i laughed that i had to start this slowly so you know, I, I was really a stay-at-home mum for a long time, always doing bits and pieces of work, but my main priority was to stay at home with my kids. And so finally, when my youngest one went to kinder, um, and so that was probably after about 11 or 12 years of being at home as a parent and the other two kids were at school. And so finally all three kids were, were gone um, for the, for a day or for however that was. And it was the first time I'd actually had really time to myself. Yes. I, for the first probably good term of school, every day after I'd drop all the kids off, I'd come home and just go to bed (laughs) and I'd just sleep (laughs) or read a book and literally did nothing for a whole, like eight weeks, nine weeks, because I began to say, I have to take care of myself and I have to give myself permission to actually do this, to do nothing, to be really still. So um, that was just, that was how I had to ease into doing it, you know, And, and even before even before that, I got to that bit, I remember thinking, I really need time for myself. And my mother-in-law would say, oh, I'll look after your kids. But I, I still didn't believe in myself that I was worthy of having space. So I used to tell her that I had to work, even though I didn't. Like, I'd literally lie and say, oh, I've got work to do. Could you take the kids? And she'd go, yeah. And I'd drop them off, and then I'd go home and go to bed. <laughs> because, again, in her generation, it wasn't okay, really, yeah. to take time for yourself. So even in the beginning, I had to lie about yes, it first. So little steps. Do you know what I'd love to hear? Because that fair thing often is then you would stay and we'd stay at, do the Netflix or stay in bed all the time. I'd love mm. to hear... What happened when you when you increasingly did do that and you got more and more comfortable? Where where did you come? You know, when they did come home from school or what? Where mm. did it morph into after that? Well, I think, firstly, I mean, I had to work through the stages of firstly giving myself a bit of permission, but I couldn't be, I couldn't be totally honest with it because I yes. still was caught into the judgment of yes. what other people would think. Yes. And then I got more comfortable with that, um, and then I just did it. And I remember dropping kids off and go, I'm going home to bed. And people, <laughs> other mothers, would be like, "What?" And I'd be like, "Oh no, I I need this. I'm tired. I've been like stay-at-home mum for like 12 years, right? Like I'm I'm exhausted. I'm going to go rest." Um, but of course. I was I just the 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 environment in my family changed a lot when I I discovered aware parenting and obviously discovered listening to feelings but then the then it changed even more because the the more deeply I held myself and allowed myself to fill up my cup there again became an even more sense of calm and peace in the house because I was starting to be that you know because always and I'm sure a lot of people do relate to this you know 
the tone of the house was always yes. <laughs> related yes. to where I was, right? Yes. I mean, I'm holding the energy for everybody, right? So I used to see that as my job is to be the space holder for my children yep. and my husband on some level. And so if I wasn't giving myself space, then I couldn't hold the space in the way that they called for. Yeah. So the deeper I got into aware parenting and learning about this, it became what I love is it became a non-negotiable yes. of my self-care. Oh, like I love that. The, the <laughs> absolute strength I feel now in going, this is non-negotiable that I look after myself yes. is such a strong part of my being now that it just it's crazy to not do it. <laughs> and what happened, again, I found it totally transformed in my family. The more space I gave myself to love myself off and what that looks like for me these days is I sit on the couch and I look out the window at the trees and I just I don't do anything I just sit there I don't talk I just be quiet because yeah. I need a lot of quiet these days to be able to then hold all the other stuff I'm holding yes. so for me my self-care is just sitting on the couch looking out the window you know for maybe three or four hours a day you know once a week right and then yeah. other bits of self-care and and again if it's catching up with a friend I'll really tune into do I have energy to do that and yes. if not I will say no yes. and all my friends know that yes if I say no it's not because I don't love you but I am honoring myself first and if they cancel on me I say good for you yes. I celebrate oh, yes. I celebrate that you're cancelling yeah. because my big thing is I will always honor whatever you need for yourself yes. because oh, that's what I've God. learned to do for I me love that. I love that and mm. isn't that part of the sisterhood as we're showing this yes. isn't just about ourselves because mm. I have have a friend like that as well and she'll come over and we, she, she has her siesta they hang out mm. all day mm. she has a siesta anytime either of us mm. could say whatever we want mm. and we we there's no there's such a sense of deep deep trust in mm. each other's needs need. and callings and it's there's there's no it's just gorgeous isn't it, it is to know so that beautiful. with each other and that's creating yeah. a whole new culture yeah. of mothers totally. that we go yeah. Yay! I love I love that you're saying no. I love that you yes. whatever the thing is. Yes. Or yes, if it's a yes, I love that you're saying yes. Hundred percent. And look, you know, this has been a journey yes. for me. And my mum and I it's often talk about this, and we laugh. <laughs> and she says to me, "Oh, you do it really well, and you've taught." you've showed me what that looks like because I was absolutely adamant my daughters were not going to carry this story again of doing, 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 doing. And one really beautiful, funny story I will share is, you know, particularly around when I get my period and, and, you know, every month when I'd bleed, I'd feel tired and exhausted. And I I so remember one day having my period, I'm in the kitchen cooking and my husband walks in and he's like, are you okay? And I go, oh, God, I feel that my uterus is going to fall out, (laughs) you know, and he's like, oh, okay, what's for dinner? And I remember just standing there going, Okay, no, this this <laughs> needs to change here because this is a lot, and oh. I, and so I then we sat down for dinner, and um, I was like, right, here it is, I'm changing this for all my children, yes. and said to the kids, you know, do you know what happens every month for mummy? And you know, my kids are pretty worried about this, and they're like, you know, you bleed, you get your period, and I said, yeah, and so this is the time in the month where I have the lowest amount of energy and where I actually feel tired and. And I actually need to give to myself. So, you know, I do a lot of giving to everyone else, but I need to give to myself. So what we're going to do is when I get my period every month, I'm going to get some red candles and I'm going to light them on the mantelpiece. And when you see that the red candles are lit, you know that I've got my period and that it's really, it's time for me to be looked after. And I have to tell you, it was a game changer in my family because, and the person who upheld it the most was my son, which I just loved so much. Because 
you know, I started to claim I need this at least two days to be looked after. I'm not going to cook. I'm going to honor my body. I'm going to go slow. I'm going to recharge so I can do all the holding. And what started to happen is, you know, I'd light the candles and my son would walk in. He was probably like, you know, nine or 10 at the time. He'd go, mom, can I make you a cup of tea? Do you need a hot pack? And then if the girls would want something, he'd go, no, leave her alone. She's bleeding. (laughs) And I remember at that moment going, he's going to make a great boyfriend. (laughs) And he actually girlfriend now I'm like wow yeah, he actually <laughs> is I remember like you know a, a while ago he's been with his girlfriend for a while now and he said mom just going out and I go where are you going he goes oh em has got a period I'm just gonna take over this hot pack and I'm gonna go buy her some treats and just take them around and I was like oh my job is done <laughs> I was like <laughs> uh, I was like so here it is and and then again watching my own daughters move through those times mm. in their life they they give themselves full permission to be quiet and still when they have their periods, you know, and other times as well, because I've really imprinted now. You have to listen to your body. You have yes. to really give back to yourself in the way that you need. So listen, yes. what does your body need yes. right now? What do you need? Oh, my God. So it has, from going from a place of just complete, you know, guilt to taking care of myself to it being so, like, I can't even tell you how clear I am on this now. <laughs> That it's absolutely non-negotiable that my children have seen and imprinted that and that I know I am the best version of my mothering self if that is implemented. Yeah, and and, and to keep being the parent I want to be, then that is just how it has to play out. Yeah, so it's guilt has been such a magnificent teacher. I'm very grateful for where that's taken me within it. Mm. You know, as you can see, I'm in tears. (laughs) It's missing watching you. What a gift, and I imagine, imagine... at least some, if not all of the people mm. listening, to, to see the gift not only for you but for your children, mm. for their partners, for their friends, for mm. their children. You you changed the lineage. Yes. How amazing. Is yes. That? How amazing. I know. Wow. And, and that's where I just... It. Oh, <laughs> so bless gorgeous. you. I just... I, this is where I just, you know, I have just this beautiful <laughs> place around life that everything is a possibility and everything is possible to change and heal always it is always there we just have to have a little bit of the courage to lean into the parts that feel uncomfortable (laughs) and every time we do that we open up more space Mm. for healing and coming back to our true nature of who we really are and and you know of course you know guilt is just such a, a big story that a lot of us carry but it is such a beautiful portal coming home you know it's Mm. yeah oh my god oh my goddess (laughs) (laughs) all right would you want to offer our invitation i'd actually love to invite actually uh to those of you listening how do you actually feel in your body right now as you hear this and what's shown up for you as you listen and do you feel called to to do anything or to listen to yourself in any different way um, you know, my my little hack that I love to offer to people is if you are hitting yourself with those emotional sticks right in the moment and you would like to do something different, if there was your bestie right now um, or someone that you really care about, what would you say to them? Right, If they were in your exact position, having done or not done the exact things that you're in right now, what would you say to them when you're in your true self, which is the love that you really are? And then, and then are you willing to say that to yourself? Because that's that's your true response. The harshness is not you. It's internalised from the culture. The loving response, and not often that's a way to access it, is, mm. is 
you know, through how we would respond to someone else that we love. Mm. Yes. I love that. I love that. What if you, yeah, what would you say to your friend? What would you say yeah. to your child if yeah. you saw your child doing this? Yes. And, and to be able to do that for ourselves, so profound. Um, and look, stuff that we love around this, I do have to tell you, Marion has just got the best stuff, really <laughs> rank guilt. So go check out her stuff through um, her website, which again is kind of in our show notes and also on our page. So go and check that out. And also we were talking about too, you know, it is so easy in this day and age to compare ourselves, you know, especially with Instagram, Facebook, when we see all these amazing mamas on there doing stuff. And, and again, obviously being a discerning consumer, knowing that we often only show our best side on Which is one social media. can be inspiring. Totally. It can be inspiring. Yeah. But also to just be mindful if you are following lots of other mothers or you are following people and getting into that comparison where you're not enough, then maybe the kindest thing would be to not follow them as much anymore or move towards people that you really do feel live from that place of authenticity and realness within that because that comparison just is such dynamite for guilt so you know our invitation really is just to be aware of who you're following and who you're looking at and find those people or mothers or business people whoever it is that bring that element of authenticity and realness that do inspire you that make you feel good about where exactly. you are yes. and what your journey could be yes. not make you feel guilty yes. around what you what is not enough yeah so yeah. really knowing that we have a choice as you said mm. you know I love how you said that we, uh, we have both made choices and you, you can make choice we can all choose even though it can be really hard at times to move out of these big cultural paradigms mm we can we can and you can you can mm. choose you have that choice it's yes. your it's your birthright to choose that's it totally well thank you for listening to this uh this juicy topic or oh, we could talk about it for a long oh, another time another hour or two <laughs> <laughs> um we hope that that's given you some beautiful you know things to contemplate and feel into for your own journey of mothering or parenting or wherever you are in the world so thank you for being with us and um we hope you join us next time on another beautiful conversation sending you so much love thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.